the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Wednesday, the sixth morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2019. I love that we start every hour with words from the great communicator, but let's hear from another great Republican president right now. Here in the United States, we are alarmed by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country. America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free, and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. I cannot get enough of the look on the face I cannot get enough of the looks on the faces of Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez when the president just called them out. Those two individuals, that line was just for you. Joining us now with more analysis of the State of the Union address last night, our good friend Kurt Schlichter. Kurt is, of course, a Los Angeles attorney, and he is a senior writer at townhall.com. Kurt, good to have you back, my friend. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. Wasn't that great? That was phenomenal. The only thing I can't figure out, actually, Kurt, is what was better, that or the Super Bowl? Which one did you like better? I don't know what the Super Bowl is. That's a baseball <laughs> thing, right? That's why I triggered you. I, I had to trigger you. I know how you feel about football. Uh, you're very open about your disdain for it. So, uh, no, but really, uh, that, that was a phenomenal moment, I thought. I mean, just literally sticking it right in the face of Bernie and Alexandria. She's the new darling of the left. He's basically saying, look, Democrats, just so you know, if you're going to embrace that, you are going to have an all-day fight on your hands. We will never, ever allow this country, which is born free and will remain free, to, uh, uh, to fall under government control in such a way. Oh, it was it was beautiful. It was look. I thought it was a terrific speech. I'm trying to be objective, and I think I am. I, I, he, he suckered him in by coming in there, being you know, Mister Cooperation, being nice, being pleasant, uh, uh, talking about his achievements. He managed to get them to let's see, uh, refuse to clap for ending child sex trafficking, uh, refuse to clap for law enforcement. Uh, they barely clapped for the little girl with cancer. I mean, it was, uh, he really turned this around on them. I thought they looked terrible. I think the polling bears that out. Yeah, it does. And, um, just why, and the socialist thing was just, you know, the cherry on top. Yeah, he, I mean, he he got them to refuse to clap for uh, more black people working in the United States than ever before, more Latinos working in the United States than ever before. You know, we, we were talking about minorities. Everybody says that Trump wants to make America white again. Here's President Trump doing things and establishing policies and and deregulating businesses and and lowering taxes on job creators so that more minorities in this country, black and brown people, that he is supposed to revile, so that all are achieving and 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 thriving. Driving, uh, better than ever before, and they sat on their hands instead of applauding. I thought they cared about the plight of black and brown America. No, they don't. No, it's all a scam and a lie. 
it, it, it completely is, and the, the the fact that you know uh, Northam and Fairfax are still uh, uh, governor and uh, you know lieutenant governor or in in, in Virginia, it just it just demonstrates the complete moral bankruptcy of the Democrat Party. It's all a lie. It's all a scam. It's all about power. That's all they want. That's all they're in it for. They like to be able to tell you and me what to do while enriching themselves. And, you know, I, I think I was on full display yesterday. I mean, they just, uh, uh, it was, uh, it was great. Now, of course, our true conservative friends are outraged that, oh, they, they chanted USA. It's so tawdry. <laughs> Ahoy, matey. Buy a cruise. You know, oh, God. It's wonderful how he exposes it. He exposes the libs, but he also manages to expose the hat conservative incorporated jerks on our own side. The that- cruise shilling weasels who are mad because no one returns their phone calls anymore, because for 30 years they promised to be conservative, and for 30 years they didn't conserve anything except their own crappy little positions. Kurt, what I've, what I've been trying to figure out since last night is what kind of an impact this has going forward, if anything. Um, you know, in the past, we've, we've all, you know, during all eight Obama State of the Union addresses, I'd be on the air and I'd be breaking it down the next day and I'd be outraged about this or outraged about that, only to be surprised that two, three days later, nobody remembered any of it anyway. I, I don't want that to be the case now. I fear it probably will because it's just kind of the way things work. The news cycle is so quick so. and it turns over. Do you think that by Friday anybody's going to remember what Trump had to say on Tuesday? I don't know if they will. I think they're going to. Uh, I, I think the lasting consequences will be a couple things. First of all, there's going to be the images of Democrats sitting on their hands and things like, you know, black, no black unemployment, boo. You know, end child sla- sex slavery, boo. You know, yay law enforcement, boo. That that's that's going to endure. Uh, the socialism line is going to endure, and I think the good feeling uh, that w- when Trump came down and was, you know, uh, positive and constructive in a way that a lot of moderates like, I think they saw uh, they were reminded uh, of uh, of kind of the Donald Trump during the election who was saying a lot of these things and and got a lot of votes from people you wouldn't expect. And so I, I, I don't know if it's going to go down in history as one of the, you know, the Gettysburg Address, 2019 State of the Union. I don't know if it's going to be that. But I think it gives us a preview of Trump moving to aggressively plant his flag in the middle and force the Democrats to the left in 2020. I agree with that wholeheartedly, uh, uh, Kurt. Um, let me, Kurt Schlichter is our guest, senior columnist at townhall.com. He's an attorney, he's a retired army colonel as well. Um, Kurt, um, did he do enough to move the needle, do you think, to get more people to turn against Pelosi and Schumer and those who are opposing the wall? He approached it from a multi-pronged, uh, uh, with a multi-pronged effort, I thought, talking about the dangers, talking about, you know, he talked to angel families, he highlighted angel families whose loved ones have been murdered uh, by illegal aliens, he talked about the uh, murder on the New York subway by an MS-13 member. He, he did a lot. Um, did he do enough, though, uh, because he kind of just said in passing that everybody in this room at some point has been for border barriers to stop the flow of illegal immigration uh, instead of highlighting their words. Chuck Schumer, you once said this. Nancy Pelosi, you said this. What changed your mind now? I, I felt like that was the moment he needed to call him. If I had to criticize anything, and I've criticized very little in the speech, that might be it. 
Yeah, look, I, I, I think it's part of a process. I don't think one speech is going to turn everything around. Uh, I think to the extent one speech could have an effect, I think this one did. Uh, I, I, I think people watching it came away saying, okay, there's some good reasons for the wall, and I, I need to hear the Democrats explain why they aren't, and I'm not, uh, and I'm not sure that uh, what Stacey Abrams, uh, the, that loser, bitter loser from Georgia, quite did that. I, I didn't watch her speech. She's a buffoon, and I refuse to waste valuable minutes on her. Uh, but uh, but I understand that she came off with a uh, you know just the wrong tone after 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 Trump's. So. Well, yeah, she I, came I, I out. She came out one. and hit something, Kurt. Let me ask you about this. In fact, I know you didn't watch her, and you don't want to waste time on her. But I'm going to just give her uh, a sh- very short segment here, a short uh, a soundbite, and I want to get your response to this because it underscores the Democrats' newfound extremism. They've always been extreme on abortion, but it's newfound extremism uh, after what we've seen from Northam and Cuomo and Kathy Tran and others. This was Stacey Abrams, part of her response last night. America achieved a measure of reproductive justice in Roe v. Wade, but we must never forget it is immoral to allow politicians to harm women and families to advance a political agenda. We affirmed marriage equality and yet the LGBTQ... All right, enough of that. I just wanted to get the abortion part of that there. They are, and you saw all of the white-wearing suffragettes. What's that? What what the hell was she saying? I don't even know what that is. We harm families when we refuse to allow a, a Reproductive justice. Oh, I get it. So we got to off some kids. That, yeah, that, that, that's what that I heard, Kurt, and and that's that's exactly the, the the part about that was so staggering to me. I mean, you would think that they would remain silent about this because it's a loser. It is a loser across America, eighty some percent, which I can't believe isn't a hundred, but eighty some percent of Americans uh, 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 disagree with uh, third ter- third trimester abortions or late term abortions. Uh, some sixty percent say absolutely nothing, you know, past the first uh, first trimester. But you'd think it's a loser, but instead they're embracing, they're doubling down. I mean. After what Cuomo, the backlash that he got when he lit up the World Trade Center in pink and the governor's mansion in pink and so on and so forth after signing that horrific murder deal uh, in New York, rather than people being astounded by it, oh my God, Kathy Tran comes out in Virginia and says, oh yeah, watch this, hold my beer. We're not going to murder them up to the day they're born. We're going to murder them after they're born. Ralph Northam says, yup, we're going to murder them after they're born. If the mother says, I don't want it, then we let it die or we kill it. Kurt, I mean, that, this is an extremism that I, we've never seen before. Where, where is this coming from? Well, look, it's, it's been there among the, uh, the, the, the Democrats. I mean, this, this is what they've been saying. This is what they want. And it, you can tell that they don't want to, they, they realize that that's not going to sell to normal people who aren't bloodthirsty ghouls. So they cover it up in these bizarre euphemisms of reproductive justice. You know, oh, come on. Uh, so I, I think I, I, I think that uh, Donald Trump gave a uh, a good explanation. I mean, he was pretty graphic. We're, we're essentially not going to kill you know kids, and uh, of course that that didn't get any clapping either. And no, of course it didn't. I, I mean, it's it's really staggering to me. And let me ask you this, uh, Kurt, as we wrap up here, Northam 
did not draw, the governor of Virginia did not draw calls for his resignation because he said, let's kill kids after they're born and they're laying on a table next to mom. And we'll have a discussion. We'll keep it comfortable while, while mom and doctor discuss whether or not they want to murder the baby after it's born or not. He didn't draw any calls for his res- resignation from that. He, he drew calls for his resignation because of a 30-year-old yearbook photo that he, uh, uh, that he posed in and then said he didn't pose in and then apologized for posing in and so on and so forth. What does that say about the direction of that party? Oh, it's it's the party of baby killing. The Democrat Party is an immoral monstrosity. It's an abomination. Uh, it embraces everything that's bad. I mean, for gosh sake, they have socialists. Socialists, uh, socialism is an ideology that murdered a hundred million people in the last century, and these idiots are all about it. It is evil, and we need to say that. And I, I think people will see it. I think it's going to be very hard for Democrats to keep a hold of these swing districts. Uh, that, uh, that that put that they won and got Pelosi in uh, in 2020 when their thing is oh yeah uh, I think uh, eight months 29 days cool to kill a kid I, I think that's a hard sell and I think we need to say that out loud a lot of us don't like to abortion's kind of a distasteful subject it's not my favorite subject uh, but you don't get to kill babies period. Well, I'll tell you what, Kurt, uh, I completely agree. And, uh, the, the racial component of this too should not be lost on oh. anyone. You know, they're, 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 the Dems are, f- in a big phony way, they're calling for Northam to resign because of the blackface thing in the photo or the Klansman hood, whichever one he was supposed to be. They're acting yeah. as if they're outraged by that when the truth of the matter is they're not. They just cannot have a Democratic governor being, uh, you know, in, in, in such circumstances while they are busy for the next two years up to 2020's reelection calling Donald Trump a racist. They cannot have one of their own in, you know, in that situation. Uh, but and, they're going and, to. He ain't going anywhere. No, well, you're right. He, he probably isn't. But the, but the part that, to me, I think we need to underscore here is we link those two Northam contra- and thus Democrat controversies together is they, they claim to be outraged at racism, and yet they support the murder of hundreds of thousands of black babies because the black child is the one that suffers the most from these horrific abortion laws. Simply statistics. You know, There's no room for argument here. This is just statistically speaking. Black babies are being... Uh, exterminated at an alarming okay. rate, and it's Democrat policies on abortion that make that happen. Well, you know, it's just Democrats reverting to form. Democrats uh, were the party of slavery and oppression 150 years ago. Democrats are the party of uh, racial injustice, to use Miss uh, uh, Abrams' term, today. And, you know, that, that seems to be the common thread through the Democrat Party, which is dehumanization. And uh, I refuse to be a party of it, and I'm going to fight it. I, I tell you what, I completely agree, Kurt. That's uh, that's a great way to say it. Uh, Kurt Schlichter, C- uh-huh. All right, 1029, I've got time for one phone call before the bottom of the hour, but do not hang up if it isn't you, because I will take your phone calls right after the news. We are guest-free the rest of the way. Mike has been waiting the longest, so, Mike, you've got this one. Go right ahead. Hey, Bob, um, I totally agree with you that the president hit a home run. But I think the Democrats, they totally struck out, not just once, but three times. They struck out before the speech with Schumer and, and his rhetoric about the, how bad the speech was going to be. They struck out during the speech with, with the hate they showed and the attitude, they lack of a good attitude they showed toward the American people and the guests that the president came. And, of course, they struck out the third time with their uh, Democratic response and, and some of the things that I was watching on the Alphabet Networks. Um, so, so your baseball analogy was great, 
but but they struck out three times uh, before, during, and after the speech. But the president did a fantastic job. I like that. I'm glad you brought that up. Everybody talks about home runs and grand slams, but they don't talk about the other side. And you're right. They did. They swung and missed three different times. You're absolutely right. Prior to the speech, with their uh, abhorrent behavior during the speech, and then, then yes, with Stacey Abrams uh, and her word salad uh, uh, after the speech. Very well said, my friend. God bless. Appreciate you. Uh, dial it up. I got two open phone lines right now. 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. We'll get you up next on AM 1420 The End. Um. Of Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. You ever see the Jose Bautista bat flip? Pastor Dr. Airman Samuel Lockhart, uh, did you, uh, are you a baseball guy? Did you ever see the Jose Bautista bat flip from a few years ago in the playoffs for the Blue Jays? Yes, I did. I'm trying to post a gif of that to my Facebook page, to France Radio, um, because that's, <laughs> that's, that's my best analogy for the president's performance last night. The, 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 <laughs> the game deciding home run, the crowd just exploding behind him, and then the mother of all bat flips, the disdain that he shows for the bat, for the opponent, for the moment, just crush, stare, flip, jog. It was just, it's such an, and I don't think I can do it on, uh, it won't play as, a, it, 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 it saves as a link and then you gotta go to the page in order to watch the bat flip. But, but for those who, uh, those who have seen that bat flip, that's what I think the president did last night. The president crushed a home run. And then stared down Pelosi and Cortez and Schumer and Sanders and, and all the rest of them. And then took his victory lap around the bases. It was just phenomenal. It's the best thing. I'm trying to share it. If you're on social media, if you're on Facebook or Twitter, uh, I'm going to, I'll get it posted one way or another, but find me at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z. Samuel, is that a fair analogy, you think? Uh, did you agree? I know I didn't ask you for your opinion of the speech overall yet, but, uh, am I, am I close as far as if I'm looking for a visual representation of what the president did last night? I would agree with that one. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I welcome your analysis to 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. As I said, we are guest-free the rest of the way. Let's do this. John in Chardon, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, John, go ahead. Hey, morning, Bob. Good morning. I'd like to comment about Stacey Abrams, number one, her speech, and number two, her personally. Yeah. Uh, while Trump had the facts behind everything he said, she had to lie and contradict President Trump to make her points. She talks about voter uh, suppression, but gives no examples. It sounds like sour grapes for losing her last election last year. Well, that's all she's been doing. She's been crying ever since November, saying that the election was stolen from her. Of course she's got sour grapes. You're right. It almost sounded more like a... Almost like a campaign ad for herself, because now some are considering, uh, are telling her to consider running for Senate. Uh, but, but that's exactly what it is. It was a, it was a campaign ad for her as much as it was anything for the uh, re- response to the president. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, Bob. The first time I saw this woman on TV and heard her speak, she said with conviction, I hate capitalism. 
it's clear to me that were she to be elected to any public office on the national scene, she would be a clear and present danger to our society. Some may call me racist and other things that it was the woman side of that, but you know I'd refer to uh, black women like Harris Faulkner and Candace Owens, who I'd I'd vote for, be happy to vote for. Uh, I, I'd be happy if there was 485 of them in Congress. Yeah, of course. So, uh, anybody, any anybody, you know this this is part of the Democrat playbook. If you criticize a black woman or a black candidate, if it's Barack Obama or if it's a Stacey Abrams, Abrams, there are there are going to be those who say, ah, you're just a racist. And never mind the fact that none of them would have ever, ever have voted for Condoleezza Rice. None of them ever would have voted for Ben Carson. None of them ever would have voted for. Uh, uh, um, uh, 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 um, uh, for crying out loud, why am I forgetting his name for crying out loud? The former congressman from Florida, Powell. Um, not Powell. Um, oh, I feel terrible. I have not heard from him in, in such, a, such a long time. Um, Samuel, who is the former congressman from Florida who's a colonel? Colonel um, West. Colonel West. Uh, that's who it was. Uh, and, uh, and as long as we're on the topic, I mentioned Powell. There was a time when Powell, uh, Colin Powell, was a favorite of Republicans and conservatives, and Democrats uh, could not stand him. But anybody who would not vote for any of these people, uh, Alan West, Colin Powell, Condoleezza Rice, Ben Carson more recently, they're not considered to be racist. They just uh, disagree with them on policy. But if we disagree with a black candidate on policy, we are often referred to as racist. And it's just, uh, it's unfair, but it is what it is. I'll say this about it, one more thing before I go back to the next call about, um, uh, Stacey Abrams. Forget about her for a moment. Think about the fact that this woman who has said she wants illegal aliens to be able to vote, she said this. She didn't say she wants illegal aliens to be able to become citizens and then vote. She said, no, they should be allowed to vote as illegal aliens. She said she is for socialism. She is for Medicaid, for Medicare for all. She absolutely does abhor capitalism. And it's not about her that we should be focusing, though. It's the fact that the Democrats chose her to speak for them. Think about that for a moment. It's not just her ideology anymore. She represented last night before the world, the Democrat Party. Pro-abortion, kill babies whenever you want. Just like Ralph Northam, Andrew Cuomo, Kathy Tran, and others have said. Kill babies. Illegal aliens voting. No capitalism. Pro-socialism. And she represents the Democrat Party. Think about that for a moment. And think about that and shout about that for the next two years. Because what Rob Frost has said is right. Rob Frost said that we are now... And the Lincoln Day dinner, and particularly on February 21st, is the kickoff for getting Donald Trump reelected. It's a two-year cycle. The election cycle is two. Obviously, it's two years. Oh, that's why you have, you know, Warren and uh, Gillibrand and uh, Booker and Harris and all the other Democrats have already declared. They're already raising money for the for the race. So this is re-election time, and I want you to remember who the Democrats are when they eventually go through the process of finding their candidate. They chose to be represented by Stacey Abrams last night. That should say something to you. Charlie in Cleveland. And if this is Charlie, it's got to be the politically incorrect mechanic. What's going on, my friend? Good morning, Bob. Good morning, uh, Charlie. How are you, buddy? For, I, not my original comment, but the first thing I want to say is that last night Donald Trump gave a giant middle finger to crazy Kelly Bundy Cortez and, and crazy <laughs> Grandpa Sanders. 
Uh, Agreed. Yes, he did. When he I made that declaration that we will never be a socialist country. Uh, uh, hold on, Charlie. When he made that declaration, we will never be a socialist country. That was exactly that. That was directed specifically to those two individuals. And I would also say, Charlie, to the 76% of Democrats who, according to a recent survey, said that if Cortez, who's only 29, was old enough to be eligible to run for president, they would vote for her. That was a great big uh, message to them as well. Never going to happen. Not on our watch. And That's a scary thing. But that's why I wanted to get to here uh, was that last night, Democrats and socialists within the Democrat Party, literally in the true sense of the world, word, showed the world that they do not stand for economic success. They do not stand for the victims of human trafficking. They don't stand for exploited children or sexual assaults on women, unless, of course, it's for political gain. They don't stand for minorities and women who have been able to find work and get off government assistance under this administration. They don't stand for 50-plus year record-low unemployment figures. They don't stand for legal immigration and have prioritized illegal aliens over American citizens. But perhaps worst of all, they showed that they could absolutely care less about any and all attempts at unity within the United States of America. They have proven that their ideology is not only un-American, it is profoundly anti-American. And that, as the American citizen, is something that we should all be scared of. And that's what I wanted to say, Bob. I think that's very well said, uh, Charlie. And and you're right. Uh, every every word of it is right. Um you know what we should we should absolutely be afraid of that i mean they have they haven't they kind of just uh pulled back the curtain on who they are and what they are more so than ever before they're they're not even trying to hide it anymore especially when it comes to the abortion thing and i find it yep. insanely humorous and i was hoping that kurt schlichter would would make this connection he kind of did but with the governor in virginia on one day talking about killing babies and the next day uh, being accused of being a racist, wasn't Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, wasn't the purpose of that to control the black population? In large part, yes. Her belief in eugenics, which was selective breeding, um, governmentally deciding who should be allowed to breed and who should be forcefully sterilized. Uh, the goal was to weed out the undesirables of society, including blacks, black babies, uh, and also the handicapped. Nobody who has got a physical impairment or disability should be allowed to breed and then pass on their flawed genetic genes to or their genes to uh, to um, their offspring. They should be sterilized. This is something that the Nazis believed in, and it's something that Margaret Sanger supported. And she felt like um, uh, ha- being handicapped, disabled, that sort of thing, uh, also meant being black. You are you are a weed of society that needs to be pulled. This is language that she actually used. And yes, so Stacey Abrams, a black woman, giving a speech in support of abortion and in support of Planned Parenthood and in support of uh, Margaret Sanger, literally is endorsing the extermination of her own race of people. And yet we're the racists. And yet we're the racists. Charlie, Have thank you, my day, friend. Thank Appreciate you. it. You got Bye. it. God bless. Thanks for the call. Uh, Charlie makes an outstanding point. Um, it's kind of interesting. I actually posted last night uh, on my Facebook page that I was promoting just a few minutes ago. I posted a um, reminder uh, of, of that as we listen to the extremists 
in the abortion, uh, uh, you know, the abortion supporting left. Um, I just wanted to remind everyone, in case you have any question, if you've wondered about how deeply embedded in Democrats that their baby-killing evil truly is, nothing provides clarity to that situation, quite like hearing Hillary Clinton celebrate and praise the life of the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger. A few years ago, Hillary Clinton was given an award, the Margaret Sanger Award. I don't recall exactly what it's for, but it doesn't matter. I know what Margaret Sanger is, and I know that this happened at the 2009 Planned Parenthood Honors Gala. And Hillary Clinton stood there before that crowd of people and praised this vile racist, this eugenicist, who supported the extermination of the undesirables of society, minorities and the handicapped. She supported the Nazi sterilization laws and practices. And Hillary Clinton talked about how much she loved Margaret Sanger, how in awe of her work that she was. I don't know that I want to play her audio for you, but I will read just two sentences, actually two lines, one from each woman. Margaret Sanger in 1939, the founder of Planned Parenthood, said, The most successful educational approach to the Negro is through a religious appeal. She was talking about hiring ministers to spread word of what she was trying to build. It was called the Negro Project, of what she was trying to build without alarming them and alerting alerting them to what her plans were. She said the most successful educational approach to the Negro is through a religious appeal. We don't want the word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten, straighten out that idea if it, ever, if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. End quote. That's Margaret Sanger, 1939. Hillary Clinton in 2009. Quote, Margaret Sanger's work here in the United States and certainly across our globe is not done. End quote. Hillary Clinton, Democrat candidate for president, praising Margaret Sanger, who announced her intentions and her ability to make sure that the Negro population, as she referred to them in the 1930s, that she, they would buy into what she is selling. Because we're not trying to exterminate the whole black race, just the uh, the undesirables in the black race. And in case any of them start to get the idea that this is going to wipe all of them out, we need to get some ministers to use religion to say, no, 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 no. We can't let them get the idea. We can't let them figure out that we're trying to exterminate the whole population. And yet, here we are in 2019, and of course going back to 2016, with Donald Trump running for president, he... And we, and this party, were the ones who were called the racists. People voted for Hillary Clinton, who praises Margaret Sanger, who wants to exterminate the black race, or wanted to. She's been long dead. And yet we are the racists. What a sad, twisted world we live in. Let me go to uh, Christian, who's calling us from Menor on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Christian, go ahead. Good morning, Bob, and thank God Hillary's not president. Amen. Um, la- last night, uh, 
my 18-year-old son and I watched the State of the Union, and we thought Donald Trump did a fantastic job. We uh, came away with the distraction of the extreme left in white coming across as uh, kind of weird, and I thought maybe there was a connection with the white that's um, of the KKK being a, I'm just being facetious here, but you know what I mean? It's, and, and Nancy Pelosi being the grand wizard up there signal, signaling them as what to um, do at times. <laughs> it was just so bizarre. I mean, my son said that is so childish of her, her facial expressions. I mean, I'm not sure if perhaps she, um, is suffering from some type of mental derangement. Well, I'll t- I'll tell you this. Listen, first no, of all, your your yeah. first of all your your joke um, is is well yeah. received as a joke. Um, okay. Um, right. I, I, okay, yeah, it is interesting. They chose white, and they claimed it's for you know uh, women's suffrage, hundred years, and so on and right. so forth, which is which is all fine. But you're right; it did look interesting, like white robes, and she's the leader up yeah. there telling them what to do. Um, yeah. But but to the part about her, there being something wrong with her, Christian, uh, there very well may be. There very well may be, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that in, in audio form right after we check our traffic one more time. But please stay here, and I've got the rest of your calls. I'm coming to you next, uh, but I'll play the audio of Nancy Pelosi that really may make you uh, believe and agree as well that there's something wrong with her right now. Uh, I'll, I'll address that on the other side of the traffic on AM 1420, The Answer. Last caller brought up something about Nancy Pelosi and the way she acted at the State of the Union last night and, uh, you know, suggested there's something wrong with her. And I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot, there are a lot of people who are trying to figure that out as well, especially after listening to her speak on, it was Monday, I believe. Um, Nancy Pelosi addressing, uh, uh, some, some, uh, uh, members of the press speaking in a way that I, I don't know. It, it, you decide. Is she drunk? Is she high? Or is she in the early on stage, or the, uh, is she in the stages of early onset dementia? I don't know, but listen to her. There's not going to be any war money in the, in the, in the legislation. Uh, the, um, however, if they have some suggestions about certain localities uh, where um, technology, some infrastructures, I said about the ports of entry, we might need more ports of entry. I mean, I mean so, some roads. That's that's part of the negotiation. It is not a negotiation for the president to say. What Congress? What did he say today? Congress is. It doesn't matter what Congress does. I knew that he wanted it all to himself. I mean, oh, really? A president who wants to have Congress be completely irrelevant in how we meet the needs of the American people? No, come on. So let let them work their will. I'm an appropriator. See, that's where one of the places I was forged. Intelligence, should we go to that subject on the president? Intelligence and appropriations. And they know their, they know their brief. They know their limitations in terms of financial resources. And they have to choose the best way to use the money for the American people. You only got half of it, unfortunately. Um, 
you could hear the stuttering and the stammering and the pausing and the slurring. But the facial expressions that went along with it tell you that there's something going on there. She cannot put coherent sentences together very often any longer. I don't. James Woods tweeted she was drunk as a skunk. I don't know. I don't know if it's drunk. I don't know if it's um, uh, if it's uh, slurring because of uh, some kind of a physical impairment or condition that she has. I don't know, but she does not sound right. She does not appear well. By the way, speaking of not appearing well, uh, once again, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, not at the State of the Union address. Nobody has seen video or photographic evidence of her health, uh, let's put it that way, in weeks. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Jan in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jan, go ahead. Hi. Oh, I, I love the speech, and it, it gave me a renewed hope for America to remain free, and I was delighted that he uh, honored the heroes who have pre- been preserving that peace going back to the World War II vets. And to me, uh, with the border, all the drugs coming over the border, the ultimate thief of personal freedom is addiction to deadly drugs. And that's why we've that's another reason why we have to get a hold of the border. Jan, that is so true. That is exactly right. And that's why we've said this many times that more people die in this country, what is it, every every week of of drug overdoses than were killed in the entirety of the Vietnam War? More Americans? I mean that's how many people are dying because of drugs. And yet the Democrats want to continue to allow them to flow across the border because they refuse to secure it. Thank you. Great call. Marcus in Medina next. Hi, Marcus. Go ahead. Hey, I just wanted to make a point or give you my opinion that Please. last night was was an inflection point. And it wasn't necessarily an inflection point just due to the great speech. But yesterday, the presidential approval polls came out, and it showed President Trump at 48%. I think the Democrats all along, their goal has been to drive his approval rating down to the low 30s, early 20s, so they can play out this scenario where some never-Trumper, some Republicans, going to go up to the White House and, you know, counsel President Trump that he's lost the support of the American people and that impeachment is looming. And, and I think that was the scenario they were hoping for. And yesterday, I think that all came down crashing. And there's nothing they can do. And the only thing they can do now is turn to 2020. Um, Marcus, that's a very, yeah, that is a very, very solid and strong point and well-received. And I'll say this, the fact that he's in the upper 40s, or anywhere really even over 40, despite all of the media's uh, continuing dragging of him through the mud and all of the obstruction, is a is an honest-to-God miracle. Thanks so much for the great show today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.